Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled RSV Vaccines in Older Adults, Emerging Prevention Strategies. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This activity is supported by an educational grant from GlaxoSmithKline. I am LJ Tan. I am the Chief Policy and Partnerships Officer for Immunize.org, and I also am the co-chair for the National Adult and Influenza Immunization Summit. And today I'm delighted to be here to introduce this program titled RSV Vaccines in Older Adults, Emerging Prevention Strategies. We all are very familiar of the burden of RSV in infants. However, I think many of us forget that there is also a significant burden of RSV disease in the elderly. And elderly are particularly vulnerable. In older adults, annual episodes of RSV acute disease is about 1.5 million and annual global hospitalizations in older adults due to RSV number over 300,000. And because the surveillance for RSV in adults is not necessarily the greatest, I think those numbers are probably underestimates of the burden of RSV as a major pathogen worldwide. And to reemphasize the threat to older adults, I think it's important to remember that 7% of healthy older adults will develop some RSV infection and that hospitalization rates will increase with age about five times higher in adults that are 80 years of age and older as compared to adults who are 50 to 64 years of age. And as a comparison, severe RSV infection can result in greater morbidity and mortality in older adults than severe influenza. And we know Influenza is one of those diseases that we really focus on in the older adult. The adult mortality rate is about 13% compared to about 5 to 7% for influenza. And every year, RSV leads to an average of 14,000 deaths among older adults in the United States and over 50,000 deaths globally. There tends to be a low RSV detection rate in older adults because of many factors, which include the lack of awareness and surveillance for RSV and limitations on the availability and accuracy of point-of-care diagnostic testing for RSV. Older adults tend to have delayed clinical presentations and sometimes low viral loads that may not be detectable. And there are therapies for prevention and treatment of RSV infections. However, those are for the pediatric population and none are approved for use in the older adults. So to summarize, RSV in older adults is associated with considerable morbidity and mortality, and this is going to continue to become bigger and bigger as the U.S. population continues to age in the coming decade. In the next session, we will discuss gaps in the current therapeutic regime, which underscore the need for effective vaccinations against RSV in the older population. There is a need for new therapeutics to prevent and to treat RSV infection in older adults. The current antivirals that we're using for RSV treatment have very limited clinical utility. And significantly in the older adult patient, our treatment for RSV infection is limited to supportive care. So while we recognize that we do have treatments for the pediatric population, including aerosolized ribavirin and palivizumab, we do have to remember that none of these regimens are available for the adult population. Can we prevent disease by using vaccination? It is extremely effective at preventing influenza-like illness with influenza vaccine. However, currently, unlike for flu, there are no vaccines available to prevent RSV infection. Now, just to remind everybody, flu vaccination is extremely effective. It is estimated to prevent more than 100,000 hospitalizations and more than 6,000 deaths due to influenza infection every year. And again, that number will vary depending on the severity of the influenza season. And so significantly in the older adults, influenza vaccination reduces the risk of hospitalization and improves the quality of life by a significant amount. 
And as we now know, with a lot of data being generated, influenza vaccination also reduces the risk of complications of influenza infection for people with other chronic conditions such as heart disease, diabetes, and lung disease. It is important to remind ourselves that RSV-infected patients tend to be older and sicker with significantly worse outcomes when compared to influenza. And so we do indeed need an effective RSV vaccine. And indeed, if we do have an effective RSV vaccines, the potential benefits for this vaccine in older adults is significant. It can reduce overall RSV infections by more than a million. Hospitalizations as a result of RSV infection can be reduced by up to 80,000. And it could reduce deaths as a result of RSV by up to maybe 15,000. And there are other potential benefits, things like decreased economic burden on the healthcare system and the fewer prescription of unnecessary antibiotics. In summary, Treatment for RSV infection is limited to supportive care currently in adults. A strong precedent exists for the potential benefits of effective vaccination in this older population, and we have looked at influenza vaccination as a potential example of the benefits that we could see. In the next section, we will look at the clinical factors that put older adults at higher risk for poor outcomes as a result of RSV infection. There are a collection of interconnected factors that can put older adults at increased risk for poor outcomes when they become infected with RSV. There are, of course, factors such as comorbidities, as well as aging immunity, that will make them more susceptible to respiratory infections, such as RSV. We already learned a lot of this from influenza. As we know, with influenza, if you have chronic conditions such as underlying heart, lung, and renal disease, you have a higher risk of hospitalization and poor outcomes. The same is quite true for RSV infection as well. And indeed, more than 70% of older adults who are hospitalized with RSV infection have some underlying lung and or heart disease. If you've got an adult with renal disease, with heart disease, with lung disease, RSV is nasty. It's not just about morbidity, mortality, and it's also not just about the cost burden. It's also about making sure you don't lose quality of life in these older adults. Someone who is 70 years of age, who catches RSV and ends up being hospitalized, is going to come out with a significantly reduced quality of life. So I think it is important to remember that these comorbidities make them susceptible to respiratory infections such as RSV. And as we know, with aging immunity, we also result in lower protection against respiratory infections such as influenza and, of course, RSV. I think the other thing that we want to keep in mind also with the older adults is that they tend to be on multiple medications to manage some of these chronic illnesses. And this polypharmacy can present additional challenges to the clinician trying to manage the RSV infection in the older person. So some co-medications may need to be altered or stopped, which may then impact the treatment of these comorbidities for which they had originally been prescribed. In addition, co-medication side effects or actions may actually increase susceptibility or morbidity to RSV infection. And I think the other thing we also want to kind of keep in mind also is that there are also other interconnected factors in addition to polypharmacy, comorbidity, and aging immunity that play a factor. So there are environmental factors. So for example, if you live in a situation where you have higher exposure to respiratory infections such as RSV, you might end up increasing your risk of infection, such as if you are living in a long-term care facility. And so to summarize, a complex interplay of multiple morbidities such as heart disease and lung disease, aging immunity, which results in the decaying immune system, and atypical disease presentation because of the way these factors interplay with each other, will predispose older adults to poor outcomes if they become infected with RSV. So 
In the next session, we will examine the clinical implications of the latest efficacy data for late-stage investigational RSV vaccines. As many of you probably are aware, there has been a lot of effort in developing effective vaccines against RSV for the older adults. And the great news is that after those efforts of research and development, we are beginning to see several vaccine candidates come into focus. Before we go on, let's talk very quickly as to why it took so long for researchers to develop effective RSV vaccine. It is important to remember that in developing an immune response against a vaccine, you need to be able to focus on the right antigen or the right protein to target the immune response against. And for a long time, researchers were focusing on the wrong protein from the RSV in order to create that immune response. And then when they finally identified the fusion protein, it was important to realize that there are different conformations of that main viral protein. And as a result, researchers have to figure out what was the best form of the F protein in order to develop the immune response against. And that, of course, turned out to be the stabilized pre-F protein. That is now the antigenic target for all these vaccines. Specifically, there are four that are currently in phase three clinical trials from multiple manufacturers. All of these vaccines are based on the pre-F protein or the stabilized pre-F protein of RSV. Now, how the protein gets delivered will depend on each of these vaccine candidates, and they include new technologies such as the mRNA technology and also the adenovirus technology that you are familiar with because of COVID-19 vaccine. It also includes more traditional vaccines like protein-based vaccines as well. So we are delighted that we do have these new vaccines coming into context after many years of research and development. Most of these vaccine trials are now beginning to show that in terms of serology, these vaccines are improving protective antibodies by about tenfold. And that in terms of efficacy, these vaccines are showing about an 80% efficacy at preventing disease in the older adults. And again, of course, depending on the vaccine, it will vary between, you know, 80 to 86%, a little bit lower, a little bit higher. But again, on average, about 80% or better. And so I think what's wonderful here is that we clearly have vaccine candidates that are going to be effective at preventing RSV disease in the older adults. These late-stage emerging vaccines are effective at boosting immunity as measured by protective antibodies and at protecting against RSV infection as measured by clinical efficacy. In our final session, we will discuss the clinical implications of the latest safety data for these investigational RSV vaccines that are in phase three clinical trials. I think it is really important that the United States is one of the best vaccine safety surveillance systems in the world. And in fact, the vaccines that we bring to market in the United States tend to be among the safest in the world. I think it is important to recognize that the same standards of safety and efficacy will apply to these emerging RSV vaccines as well. Currently, the data is not yet complete because these vaccines still are in clinical trials, but the four candidate vaccines that are emerging all appear to have excellent safety profiles. They all appear to be very well tolerated. They seem to be tolerated with no safety concerns. And so I want to reinforce that these safety profiles in our four-candidate vaccine are significantly improved over some of the earlier candidate vaccines in RSV that we had been using. So with that in mind, let us turn attention now into the future and hope that if these vaccines come into the therapeutic landscape, what is the best way to incorporate them? I think it is important to recognize that in looking at this, 
you want to obviously focus in on the patients who are most at risk. That would be the elderly adults that we have spent a lot of time talking about, as well as perhaps the pediatric population, and then make sure that they will benefit from vaccination. It is important to remember, like with all other adult vaccines, as well as all vaccines in general, you need to be fully aware in your clinical practice how to target the different populations that I recommended for vaccination. So for example, in a putative RSV vaccine, you could be targeting older adults, you could be targeting a pediatric population, or you could potentially even be targeting a pregnant mother. So in order to encourage these different populations to get vaccinated, you will have to understand what works best in terms of communicating the risk-benefit as well as the risk management strategies to these target populations so that they will be confident and accept the vaccination. With these vaccines potentially on the horizon, it is time for all of us to increase the awareness of the broad clinical presentation of RSV infection, become urgently aware that RSV infection is a serious disease. And as I mentioned at the very beginning in session one, we need to continue to improve our public health surveillance and diagnostic capacity with RSV. And then, of course, we need to rapidly adopt and deploy any new evidence-based interventions for RSV management and prevention, including, of course, vaccination. So in summary, as these vaccines begin to emerge out of clinical trials, we need to couple their introduction with increased awareness of the seriousness and impacts of RSV infection. The coming availability of effective as well as safe RSV vaccines does indeed signal a new era in our ability to manage and combat RSV and hopefully put this pathogen to rest. Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.